Welcome to episode 44 of Don't Call Me a Guru, um, tentatively titled A Social Conversation, but maybe we'll change it by the time you listen. Don't Call Me a Guru is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown and community supported. And today, Tyler Jack Butler is back with us for this conversation. Hello, Tyler. Guess what? I'm back. I'm back. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm great because know. I'm back. <laughs> he doesn't know what being consistent is. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he'll be back consistently moving forward. <laughs> I would like that very much. Very much. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be a pretty casual conversation. We just want to... We just want to kind of, we just really want to talk to each other. So, <laughs> so everyone I guess that's can, true. Yeah. <laughs> <to listen. laughs> Tyler, how's it been going? What's, uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, things are good. I, you know, plugging away at ATB, doing my thing. Um, <laughs> I am working hard. What's up with you? Uh, also working hard. I'm very, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, I mean, it's good. I'm very grateful that I have work and, you know, that we work in this digital and social field, thankfully, um, have not really largely been like economically impacted by the pandemic. And I recognize that not everyone is in that situation. So I'm very grateful, but I'm also very tired. <laughs> And, uh, and if people are waiting for emails from me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why are you recording a podcast instead of sending emails? Right. right? Could you, just... could you record your answers to all the emails and then just email all of them the episode and be like, yes. the answer to your email is at 10 15. Yeah. Yeah. That might, that might actually be the solution to the problem. I would right listen now. to that podcast. That's a good idea. <laughs> Um, um, but you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited. I've got lots of different projects that I'm uh, currently working on, and I hope that people will see them soon. You know, I know we've already talked about this a little bit, but I do have one thing that I think will be very exciting for yes. you, Linda. Oh, which is that today is the day that oh, I gosh. am adopting a cat. Oh, yeah! I, I, my shriek cut you off. Please say it again. <laughs> Today is the day that I am adopting a cat. Oh my God. So exciting. Please. Years, talk. years of cat fest volunteer <laughs> duty have prepared me for the day when I become a cat owner. I, of course I had cats as a kid and yeah. I was like, I've always loved having cats, but this, this is our first, my first adult pet. <laughs> This is very exciting. And your cat is an adult as well. He is a seven-year-old, mostly Siamese boy named Odin. He uh, just is a great big cuddle puddle. And I'm driving to sunny Morinville, Alberta, which (laughs) my travels at ATB have taken me all over this province. And I've found... The, like some of the most beautiful places I've ever been to are in <laughs> right. this province. I literally, I, I'm ashamed to say, I literally didn't know there was a place called Morinville, Alberta until last weekend. Oh so my that's a new one for me. And you know, I just want to say the joy of discovering a new place mid pandemic. <laughs> I, I was genuinely excited to drive to a place I'd never been before. So thank you. Shout out Morinville, Alberta. 
literally the most exciting road trip I've been on in a year and a half. Um, fun fact about Morinville, they actually um, are home to a very popular dog food uh, company. So, I mean, I know you're getting a cat, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's one but of their- What's the company? Uh, Champion, Champion Pet Foods. Wow. Yeah, it's a big deal up in so Morinville. You, so you, knew, you knew about Morinville the whole time. <laughs> yeah, Morinville is not a shock for me, Tyler. Uh, you actually, were holding out on me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've Admittedly, I've never blogged about Morinville, so <laughs> that's all now, my work. This could be, you know, meet me there. We'll do uh, a travel blog. Um, maybe a, some Instagram reels, some TikToks. Yeah. yeah. And then feature your cat, your new cat. Very exciting. My cat. Cause I have, I have been pretty dark on social media. That's not project related for right. so long now. My cat is going to be like the way into content for me. I am going cool. to be the first person who ever puts a cat on Instagram. <laughs> and I think people are really going to like it. I think that's a new concept. I think that's really brave of you to take this risk. <laughs> you know, these creative approaches are what I think I bring to projects, you know, uh, and just try to think differently about content or cat tent, as I like to call it. Ah, oh, the cat puns begin. <laughs> I've actually what? been deep, thick in the weeds of cat festival planning. So that's part of my being behind on emails. Yes. Um, but More like uh, e-, e meows. E meows. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, you you like you know how they say dad jokes. You got the yeah. cat jokes. I cat think, dad so. jokes. Well, I mean, speaking of posting content on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great seg way. <laughs> that was a great um, seg. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> exciting instagram stories now lets you auto caption videos that is really cool right like that's really cool i'm thrilled so i actually had first seen on tiktok a few weeks or i don't know maybe a few months ago on tiktok this like animated caption style as people were talking and i was like is that a tiktok feature or what are people using and it turns out they were actually doing it on Instagram threads. Like, you know how Facebook and Instagram keep creating these apps that no one needs. <laughs> right. Like, so, so there's a, there's a, there's a different app called threads, which is essentially like messenger for Instagram. And I guess on threads, <sighs> that's where this like auto caption thing came from. And so I had, I had actually like a week ago downloaded threads to be like, Okay, well, I'm gonna experiment with this auto caption thing, um, and then and then suddenly it appeared on my Instagram story, so I'm really happy that I can delete threads now. I had no idea there was an app called Instagram Threads. Am I behind the eight ball? I don't know. Does this mean that we're old? well? Not. I mean, not de- me. I mean, definitely. Like old. Snapchat was the first time I realized I was falling behind, and like I've been playing with Reels a little bit, and I know you're like pretty active on TikTok, but I feel like you know, it's the same thing we've talked about for years. Like the industry (laughs) is changing all the time, right? Like the only constant is constant change. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to pluck that out as a pull quote. (laughs) There are so many skills that you (laughs) so much like horizon scanning. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think to be fair for us and other social media strategists who may be listening, 
um, Threads was not like a, I don't think it was intended to be like a social network thing. It was more like a let's hang out with our friends type of thing, which, yay, what happened? Wasn't there an app called Hangouts? Was there, what was that? No, what was that? The room, you know, where there were games? We did it. Early oh, yeah, party. house party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It had its moment, right? Man. It's always hard to tell what's a flash in the pan and what is like the next big app you need to be all totally. on. You know, speaking of this threads thing, like, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you where really grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, we're listening. <laughs> it is managing Instagram DMs. Oh my gosh. It's the worst part of any of our jobs except now, for like trolls <laughs> trolls yeah hatred. can you elaborate is it more like the interface is difficult or is it more like it's just such a slog or what do you mean every message has to be like approved into the two inboxes why are there two inboxes oh my god that's dumb you know what i mean am oh, i, I get I- what you're saying I think I was thinking that your organization had to approve the reply, but I get what you're saying. You have to accept oh, no. it. <laughs> Tyler approves the reply. Holy F. I was <laughs> like, wait, what? That is what? That's what I would be. Just like the say. interface of, of me being like, okay, team, all your messages are in this software except Instagram. Get your phones out and start swiping individual messages <laughs> for the rest of the day. And that mean nothing because they're all just t- people tagging you in a story. Oh my God. I mean, no, I get what you're saying. I also, my biggest complaint about managing Instagram DMs is that you, it's just, you can't search. You can't search for phrases. You can't really search for people. If like, if, if you haven't refreshed enough and like scrolled down enough to show more people's usernames, then like it doesn't show up. If you try to search for them, it's so difficult. <laughs> Should we just rename this like complain pod? Yeah. Let's I'm, have a monthly podcast where we just complain, we just complain about social media. Shit. <laughs> no yeah, no, answers, I have no I have Just like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I just, I saw a tweet that I wholeheartedly agreed with where it said, please don't present problems without thinking about solutions. And I was like, yes. I mean, I feel like the solution for this Instagram message thing is quite easy. It's like, like include a search button that works that can filter through messages. It doesn't make sense because Facebook owns Instagram and like Facebook Messenger, you can search keywords and stuff. So like, what's the difference here? And then eliminate the second inbox because you don't need that. And like let third-party messaging management tools integrate Instagram messages. Or at least make it so that you get to decide if there's a second inbox or, right. you know, don't show me story tags or like automatically close them. Like, right. I have it from a Sprout social rep that DM like API integration is coming. So right. maybe the solution is around the corner. Um, More nearly there. For now, because I mean- my answer to this is just ignore all of them on every channel you manage and hope it doesn't bite you in the ass. <laughs> no, that's a terrible, that's a terrible plan. Yeah, well, Honestly, I've come out the other I, side of responsibility. I like seeing the story tags, but I like that would be a handy filter. It's like these yeah. are just people tagging you, these are actual messages. 
Um, Something like that would be good. But I actually find that the story tags are also helpful for like when I do um, giveaways and it involves uh, a different account. And then if I include like as an entry point, share this on your story and tag this account, usually those like that company will come back and be like, wow, we have never had this much engagement. So it's because they've like never, because like five, really five people tagging them is yeah. like a lot. But uh, so I, I do like that kind of um, not faux momentum, but like this feeling of momentum and like buzz that it gives. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's not useful. It's more just like it's just, there's a thousand story tags and then like one actual question from someone you need to answer. I'm like yeah. scrolling through this <laughs> dearth of content to find it. Well, I'm so, excited yeah. for this potential. That's, what, that's yeah. what grinds my gears. The other thing that grinds my gears about Instagram <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, uh, man... Like, it's so confusing sometimes. So in insights, if you want to look at your Instagram story insights within insights, it like won't, it won't show you the analytics view that you would normally get if your story was still live. And for a long time there, I was like, so do I have to go in like at 23 hours later and take a screenshot if I want like, you know, it all to be in one place? Like in the insights, you can toggle down and be like, you know, link clicks and interactions and all that stuff. But it's like, I'm not taking 50 screenshots to like Uh, have this data. I always just go through archive and like slide by slide, look at the insights kind of thing. Yeah, so no. So now I do that. But for the longest time, I was like, why isn't this in insights, Tyler? It's called insights. No, that's a good point. That's like, a why, why do I have to go to archive to get my insights when there's an insights tab? <laughs> well, the insights more of an archive. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So that really <laughs> I have no defense. <laughs> okay. And then another one, this is new. Have you seen when you try to react to people's stories now, they've taken away the really simple one click emoji reactions and they've added like, they've added like weird Facebook like stickers. <laughs> I have been seeing that. And then I saw they're testing that like close friends sometimes yeah. pop up in a special way, which is kind of neat. Yeah, I saw that. And then they're also testing giving back uh, people's likes or like viewing likes if you want to be able to view likes or I think you can set it so that only certain accounts can see your likes or something I don't know but they had announced that as well there's just lots of things are popping at Instagram HQ <laughs> I do miss I miss likes a little bit but I think it's the competitor in me who's like I want to see how other people's other brands content is doing totally I mean there is a workaround for that, which has always, which, which I learned has always been there since they removed the legs. But if you view the, if you view the post from your computer, then it still shows all the legs. <laughs> huh. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't know, mental health, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you had also mentioned before we hopped on this, that you had a rant about um, open graph previews on social media. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just like, (laughs) 
I still feel like it's one of the things that's not consistent across websites. The like a nice link preview pops up and I feel like I don't want to get into this too far, but it's like table stakes at this point. Like the ways that we share static content, like a video or like like the ways that we share a website to me are as important as the website itself. Like we use the internet differently. You're probably going to discover content or a website like through a social platform or, or a text message, like there's link previews in iMessage now. Like, oh my God. And some of them are so nice. Right. <laughs> so the ways that link previews populate, I think are the really front and center in, in the role you and I play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think that they should be something we're all thinking about when we design something like a website uh, making sure that it's, it's, it's an opportunity we're taking advantage of, like, not just that something's there even, but that it's beautiful and striking and has copy in the link preview that draws people's attention and, and encourages them to, to click and read and a graphic that, um, you know, can scale to different sizes and still look really strong and, and grabs the attention because even there are so many workarounds that we can do from a, brand account perspective or, or, um, you know, with, with the right knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. but if you have a lot of your audience sharing your website, it's really important that what they share looks excellent. Um, totally. so yeah, I've just been, I've, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, uh, with different like web projects starting up. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's so important, but I'm not sure it's always the first thing folks think about. And where I'm not even, I'm where I'm trying to go with this is like, I think we have a responsibility as social media managers, experts to bring that perspective more often. And I think it's something yeah. a lot of us take for granted, but I think our role on a team is often reminding folks like this is about how people interact with it outside mm-hmm. of the space of this website. It's about how mm-hmm. they share it. It's about what they say about it. It's about how easy it was to share, how beautiful it looks when it was shared. And these are really important parts of building the website that I, yep. you know, in my role, I'm not a part of most of the time, but I can bring a pretty unique perspective and, um, and I think it improves the quality and, and success of the site. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's something we, we don't always think about, but is such a valuable perspective. I'm like simply shocked that it's not just a standard part of website development, you know, <laughs> yeah. cause, cause it's not, cause like, you know, it's like link previews and, thumbnails and what title or description gets pulled in once you share from website the website is not like this is not brand new information (laughs) but like it's shocking how often it's missed yeah maybe it's our role to to build that build that skill in others you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah so yeah something top of mind i feel like there's a lot of examples of although now i'm not going to be able to list any of them of these things that seem (laughs) obvious especially as many of us become more specialized practitioners of social media. Yeah. Um, some things seem obvious when you're in them every day, 
Uh, and similarly, I'm sure there's things in other, like if there's a web developer, I'm sure there's things that are obvious that would be absolute news to me. Uh, totally. So I think, I think something we can always ask ourselves is like, what are the assumptions I'm making about what everyone in the, in the room knows and mm-hmm. how can I bring them along in the journey um, to, you know, remind folks of best practices or share yes. things that are, you know, might be new for them, but yeah, it might be new for new others. For and um, I think we often, uh, I think it's this expertise that can make people with deep experience in social, like more valuable than they realize as they have all this perspective about, well, how will an audience feel about this? Will they actually share it? Like, what will they say about this? Um, mm-hmm. that I think is really often really unique to the people who work in social media. And, um, yeah, I, I think that it's something very, very valuable that we bring as strategists and team, uh, and like team members that, um, that we should mm-hmm. always keep in mind is, is unique and valuable because of the work we do. In my first year, when I went out on my own, I had this like terrible client <laughs> and I, I actually often think of them and I'm happy that I had I'm happy that they were so terrible because I think about it a lot and then I think it informs or makes the, the work that I continue to do better but I basically had put together these recommendations for them I'd gone through this you know I did this strategy I was like I audited their stuff I was like okay well these are all the things where we can improve. And these are my recommendations for how we can improve on it. And this is kind of the timeline and priorities for where we can start and grow. And then they literally came back and was like, I mean, like we could have thought of this. (laughs) I literally was like, okay, yes, but you didn't. (laughs) And so whenever I think of things that are like, like, am I taking this knowledge for granted is this too obvious things like that I'm like and like no like it's really easy for people to say after the fact that okay well yeah no that makes sense like I could have done that myself but you didn't (laughs) yeah you didn't and you needed that you needed you know that social media person to come in and tell you that And even things like actually that I'm still saying or seeing with small businesses especially um especially with the pandemic Um, So many small businesses just either didn't have social media accounts or now they're starting social media accounts and, um, and they don't do things like put your website and your address in your bio, you know, things that like you would think would be pretty obvious or a given, but don't take, I think that knowledge that you have for granted or as a given is that you are bringing that to the table for people that, that don't work in the fields each and every day. But, but I think because we work in it so much, so many, so many of the things is like, well, I feel like that's obvious, or I feel like that makes sense, but maybe I'll just state it clearly because they're probably not thinking about it. The bio thing is interesting. Have you updated like a Facebook page info recently? Oh my God. It's It's a mess in there. Like it's not, it's literally like hard to set up a Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, they don't make it easy. It's weird. It's a, and then it's a nightmare. I think they still have it, but I thought I saw they said they were phasing it out. But you remember when Facebook had something called our story in their bio? Right. And then it was like, yeah, it was like a longer form message about yourself, but I but essentially it was just your about section, which also existed. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, user interface and like function, like ease of use and, and finding all of those things could always be better, I think, across the board. But but yeah, but simple things like, you know, don't forget to put your address or your website or list your phone number in your bio because those spots are there for you. Absolutely. I really appreciate a client saying, well, I could have thought of that. Um, I do often find that like the, the best idea on social is often like kind of sitting there waiting for you. And when you like, like I've, I've kind of learned, like, you know, it's good when it's really obvious, like, well, yeah, totally. of course you should be doing that. But you're um, not. Yeah. But I, I feel like it takes a skill set to sort of recognize that like everyday opportunity that fits perfectly with kind of the behavior that, yep. you know, maybe your small business is already doing. It's like, well, yeah, that's your story of like, like, well, yeah, obviously we should do that. But I think it takes a, a lot of skill to, I, I, I always correct people when they're like, oh yeah, that's like easy. I'm like, it's elegantly simple. <laughs> we need to take a quick break to hear from a sponsor and then we'll uh, get back to our conversation slash rants. This episode of your podcast. (laughs) This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by Shift by Alberta Innovates. Our province is a hotbed of innovation. Now in season two, Shift's hosts Katie Dean and John Hagen put the spotlight on Albertan innovators working to improve the world one ripple at a time. Here's a taste of the Shift podcast by Alberta Innovates. Make Shift by Alberta Innovates your next podcast binge. Join us as we take a deep dive with the people that are driving Alberta's 21st century economy. These global movers and shakers are working to solve today's challenges, create new opportunities, and build a healthy, sustainable, and prosperous future for Albertans today and for generations to come. Just when you think you know all about Alberta, we're here to shift your perspective. I don't know if I could stress this enough. We have a top three institution in arguably the most important technology in the entire world right now. We will prove a lot of people wrong by coming out of this even stronger. And the way we will do it is by finding ways to help businesses be cash flow positive and by willing to you know, find the ways that we can help. We're just starting to scratch the surface. And I mean, Calgary just this uh, last month announced the fact that they broke their record again for venture capital investment. And some of this is in fintech, some of this is in a whole bunch of different areas where we originally didn't even you know, have these types of core industries in Alberta. We have diversification in our DNA. We just have forgotten about it. Sincerely, we are blessed in Alberta to have all the infrastructure that we do have. Tune into Shift by visiting shift.albertainnovates.ca or your favorite podcast app. And we're back. And we're back. And we are back. So Tyler, I am, I actually don't know why I didn't text you this because I was geeking out. I was so excited. I had a meeting with TikTok Canada for a possible campaign with a client. And it was like the best meeting ever because I love TikTok and like they shared, I mean, a lot of it was confidential. I was like, literally, so I was just ready to like screenshot a bunch of stuff. And then share it. And then like at the bottom, it said, this is confidential. Um, But there's some things that I can share. But man, TikTok, I'm just so excited about the potential for advertisers and marketers and, and things that businesses can do on that platform. Can I share with you some insights? 
I would be delighted. Can we first just say how weird it is to talk to people like from social medias? Like, I just, I want to tell you a quick story. Yeah. One time when I was working at McEwen, I needed, like, there used to be this hidden number in Facebook help. Like, if you got, like, enough menus, oh you could call them on the telephone and they would, yeah. like, help you. And you just had to pretend you were running an ad campaign and they would, like, do what, like, help you, like, fix things on pages that couldn't be fixed. And, like, anyway, it right. was amazing. So I called it and this guy... <laughs> picks up the phone in like a heavy Texas accent yeah. just says that you never thought you'd talk to Facebook didn't you <laughs> no really he didn't. said that <laughs> uh, anyway tell me about TikTok I'm very excited to hear what you can say oh my god I mean I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it but I'm just gonna say it so basically, yeah, so we had reached out. Well, actually, okay, now I can share this because I'm a TELUS partner. So I'm a TELUS ambassador and influencer. And the reason um, I was even able to really get a hold of the TikTok person is because TELUS is doing a TikTok campaign right now. And then they had like me as one of their people create content. Um, and then so what's interesting is that on TikTok, and I did not realize this until TELUS like sent me instructions to do this on TikTok is that whatever individual videos you create on TikTok, you can go into your settings and toggle it over to let an advertiser advertise your video on their behalf. And so that's what I did for Telus. So I thought that was A, so that's really cool that it's sort of coming from the individual creator accounts. And that's sort of in this conversation with TikTok, what I learned, I think they might've used the phrase creators are our lifeblood. Wow. <laughs> Which is so true. But is yeah, but the that's... other account need is there like a brand account in TikTok or can you just toggle it for any account you've tagged? So you as the individual can just go into your settings and toggle and say, let brands advertise on my behalf. Then you post a video, and then in that video, you go into there and then you click another thing that says let at, like brands advertise and then it generates this unique code for your video and then I give that code to tell us and then tell us on the back end now boosts or promotes my video wow. um ex except they they chose not to promote mine on TikTok instead they promoted it on Facebook and then I'm getting people saying why is she wearing a mask inside and I'm like fuck you <laughs> but that kind of content really performs as Facebook ads Totally, totally. So that worked too. Um, although like selfishly, I was hoping for a TikTok boost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I got connected for this other campaign that I'm doing with this client. And then we were going through this info. And so they have like these, these like surveys they've done with their TikTok users. And it was like, it was like, like, what words would you use to describe TikTok? Again, these are like those things that maybe are obvious. Or maybe it's that simple elegance, or maybe it's just, you know, it's cool when, when you're, you've been thinking it and then it gets confirmed when you do these surveys, but like, it was like something like 70% of our users who were surveyed says that TikTok brings them joy and lifts their spirits. And I'm like, that's how I feel about TikTok. <laughs> and then they shared this really interesting, I won't go, I won't like say the actual figures, but in terms of like comparing to other platforms. It was like 
um, TikTok users spend the most time um, on the app compared to like all these other platforms. They also spend the most time watching videos, um, like time viewed on the app. And that was like in relation to like YouTube and even Netflix. Um, Yeah. Oh, they said from an advertiser perspective, um, the people, the TikTok users they surveyed said that ads that they saw on TikTok were overwhelmingly more unique and interesting than any other ads that they see on other platforms. And that's true too. Like if you're doing a scroll through TikTok, you'll see right away, like which one, oh, this person just like uploaded their like Instagram story ad or like a vertical version of their TV commercial um, into the app versus the brands that like, you know, worked with a person to create this cool content. And then like, you're already five seconds in before you realize that it's an ad. Right. <laughs> I love that stuff. I mean, and, and I guess this isn't like, this isn't proprietary info. Cause if you open TikTok, usually now you'll see like, they try to show you an ad first thing. So that's one of their, uh, they're like, what do they call it? That's one of their ad units that you can do. And, uh, and then they said, um, the other ad unit that you can do is the fourth video down the feed. So once people close out of that first ad, um, and then you scroll through that next fourth video in your feed will, will always be a sponsored post or a sponsored video. Well, that's Um, neat to treat it like display placements or like, yes. Uh, rather than just, well, it's in the algorithm, like, don't worry, it'll be right? kind of thing. That's really neat. So interesting. And then I learned that they have like, like if you work with them again, depending on budgets, it's well, so TikTok, um, so I'll say TikTok has, uh, which was actually just open to Canadian businesses or Canadian marketers, like in the past year, but they've got their like self-service ad dashboard, like very similar to a Facebook, um, ads. So that's like anyone can use it. I think the minimum spend for them is like 50 bucks there, like a day. But then if you obviously have bigger budgets and you like work with them, they they like have options that they're offering, which is like they can create because one of TikTok's fun things is that they have all these effects and filters, right? Sort of like Snapchat for a while there, but now that's like an actual ad offering. So TikTok can create custom filters and effects for your campaign. They can create custom music or sounds for your campaign. So basically you you can like, and again, budgets depending, you can get into a room with TikTok's creative team and then they'll like, they'll create for your campaign. Wow. So cool. Man. You have to have a like, you have to have a, very, a lot that's of money though. Very- very, very cool. What a cool conversation. Oh my God. I was literally like such a geek. I was like, I was just so excited. <laughs> You're like, do you guys want to come to Catfest? Right. <laughs> and then, you know, if even if you don't have the budgets, um, it was really good to get into a conversation with them anyways, because they um they also have like tips and tricks for like growing your organic TikTok account, um, like brand account and, and like, again, things that maybe I feel like as social media strategists, when we look at that, we're like, yeah, that's pretty obvious or, or, you know, like that makes sense, but I could see, you know, a small business owner or even a large business owner, maybe launching a TikTok account and then not having no idea where to start. (laughs) I feel like, do you remember when we would talk about Snapchat a few years ago and there's that sense of like folks who've grown up with a phone yeah like cameras are cheap yeah I feel like TikTok is like the same thing happening with video right like there's a 
there's like a digital native that has been making video their whole yes. lives and it's yes. an easy and the idea of like planning out a couple different camera shots or like telling a story through video is, is very natural and I feel like there's this divide and I think I'm on the wrong side of it of like I don't really think that way right as a <laughs> yeah, storyteller yeah. I think about words and I think about paragraphs and um I I've been playing with reels like I haven't I haven't really forayed into TikTok personally yet, but um, I've been watching lots of them. Uh, yeah, no, hey, that's it's how a different it's, way of thinking. <laughs> like, you have to have a bit of a plan, I find, to do it well, and I, or at least I do. And um, it's no wonder to me that like your average like small business isn't like nailing TikTok. Like, I feel like there's a pretty solid like age divide of you're totally. over. 30 or something and you're like what what do you mean I have to like make a small movie every day <laughs> right I don't know how to do that right or like you have to just be like like the wit is so sharp <laughs> yeah and like you have to be so clever um this said I had mentioned this in a in a previous episode when I was talking to the Canadian advertising standards influencer marketing lady um but it's it's relevant here too is that and I think largely because of uh, platforms like TikTok and people basically being like director videographers for their own little mini movies right now is that in the States, the Screen Actors Guild is like making moves to include influencers and content wow. creators for social media into their unions because they're recognizing that this is like a professional creative art like avenue that you can take. On social media, when like storytelling has meant for a long time and continues to mean much more than like the words of the story right yes the way that we tell stories has always mattered and now there's all these new ways to tell stories and the barrier to entry is having a phone in your pocket and an internet Mm -hmm. connection and we keep seeing like new exciting ways and yeah it's funny as like social media professionals you can be one of many different kinds of storyteller, you know? Uh, And, you know, it is, I think in some ways it's, I feel like social media, like specialist is still one job, but I think like a team of like a great, like analytics person, a great strategist, a great writer, a great videographer, a great like photographer, like these different, skill sets like if I could design my ideal social team it would be 10 people people with different skill sets and one of them is nerding out over data and the other one is nerding out over TikTok yeah like the latest (laughs) dance craze on TikTok and the other one has a whole different approach to TikTok which is more educational story like that that exists too or dueling songs or something like (laughs) anti-talk uh and uh, uh, there's such a broad skill set now of ways to tell stories. Yep. And um, I feel like that differentiation exists in other professions. Yep. Is you, when you worked in TV, like was your video editor expected to host the news and write stories for the website as well? Like the, the skill sets <laughs> are, are, are more specialized and therefore the, totally. the quality of the product is better. Or like recognizing that you have a specialized skill set can give you like a voice in a crowded 
profession. Like what I do is Agreed. this kind of TikTok very well. And mm-hmm. I can make that content on reels and it works mm-hmm. really well as Facebook ads. And like, you can kind of bring some specialization to it and a lot well, of skill sets at the table. That's where I think that it's also kind of like it's that's what makes this profession also so hard right is that often the team that you're going to be in you will not be able to break it down by different people by different specializations and that you will have to know a little bit about every single platform or a little bit about this or a little bit about that um I do think I mean I feel like it's sort of made some progress in terms of um like the paid social specialists uh, versus the organics, not even versus isn't the right word, but like being split up from organic social, but there's still so much of it where like, there's so much overlap. You'd need, you'd need to be able to work together so closely. But right now I'm seeing, if we're talking about like specializations, I'm definitely seeing way more of a split in, okay, well, we want organic content strategy and content planning and account management. And then on this side, we've got your like pay-per-click, paid social, paid, you know, dashboard manager analytics type of people. But you're right. Like if it was truly broken down by how much work and I think wealth of knowledge that goes into each sort of niche topic, like your so- your ideal social media team would be like at least 10 different people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even on the paid side, though, like, is the skill set to manage a great Facebook campaign, it's very different than doing like search word marketing, or apparently advertising on TikTok, which sounds fascinating. (laughs) Very different (laughs) skill sets, very different, like, uh, expectations and deliverables. And, um, or on the data side, like, there's a big difference between, you know, pulling out some top posts And getting some big numbers versus like something we've done at ATB is like language analysis on posts we're mentioned in, right? Like that's a different skill set and has different repercussions throughout the organization. Yeah, There's more to learn from your social than just what posts are doing well. Like you can learn what your customers really think about you. It's a, yeah, anyway, we're on the same page. Okay, we're going to take one more break to hear from our sponsor, and then uh, and then we'll wrap up this conversation slash rant. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by Natural Light Edmonton. Over the last year, staying at home has become our new way of life, and we've all been doing our part to help keep others safe, but it's hard not to miss special moments of connection with loved ones. What if these moments could still happen while you're safe in your own backyard? That's where Natural Light Edmonton comes in. They provide custom-designed luxury sunrooms, balcony enclosures, decks, patio covers, and gemstone lights. Um, And with the help of you listeners, you can turn your outdoor space into a place for rest, relaxation, and connection. Learn more about Natural Light Edmonton and discover outdoor comfort at my-naturallight.com. That is my-naturallight.com. <laughs> All right, we're back. You crushed it. I just need to add that, like, in terms of TikTok, super annoying that, like, Mike's more popular on TikTok than I am. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, you know, he's incredible. 
Oh my God. He said to me the other day, he's like, yeah, I just got like 12,000 views on this one video. Like, you know, that's no big deal though. Slow day <laughs> for Mike. <laughs> yeah. And basically that's what he meant. It was a slow day. Oh man. <laughs> that's funny. Well, what um, can no, you learn from Mike's strategy to apply to your own TikTok? Oh my God. He has been doing all of these TikTok lives and like, I had no idea like if you watch a TikTok live, I guess you can give people money through the app. It's like if you like what you're seeing, you can give them TikTok dollars. Um, yeah, so I had no idea that that was a thing. Mike's made four dollars. <laughs> nice, nice. Put that away uh, for a rainy day. You know, you know, if you invest that smart, <laughs> you're set for life. You know, no, you live totally. off the dividends. That's going to be, you know, cryptocurrency will be another conversation I think we can have. <laughs> There's this whole different live viewer vibe where, like, I guess a popular type of TikTok live is when you're doing giveaways live, you literally just, like, wait for more people to enter the video. You're like, okay... I'll pick a winner once we get to 30 viewers, let's say. And then you, li- and then the, literally the video is just him sitting there <laughs> until people enter. And like, we, I think we would look at that. We'd be like, this is not a good video. <laughs> but Can then you imagine that- pitching that to like a brand executive? <laughs> like you, like you go into like a big, you go into a boardroom, you dressed up. And you're like, I have all the latest on TikTok. I am yeah. a TikTok expert. So we're going to sit there try, and trust me on this. It really works. We're literally going to stare into the camera until the number says 700. Right? And we're going to no, give away. That is what they do. And then it's, and then I think the expectation is that people that are watching would tell their friends that they need to get into this live so that it hits the thing so that we well, get a and chance. And it works. And I bet, you know, People, uh, I, yeah, I'm not disparaging the tactic. I'm just imagining this conversation with like, an, oh my a God. Big brand executive. Yeah. So it is, it is actually interesting to see kind of the stuff that he's doing. Um, I mean, Tyler, we could just talk all day, but we're also very busy and you have to go get your new cat. <laughs> I have to get my new cat, you know, um, I want to do one more rant before you go. Okay. And that is about how much I hate Facebook ads. I okay. hate them so much. <laughs> and here's why. Two reasons why I'm currently hating Facebook ads. One, I have a client where we've been trying to do these paid boosts and ads. And a lot of their posts the last few months have been like, would be categorized as social issues. Um, example, International Women's Day. We like turned it into a month of stuff because it was relevant for that company. And so we're just trying to talk about equality and equity and women's rights. And every single time it gets like flagged by Facebook, like this is a social issue. And therefore you need to like click all of these 20 other things before we can approve it. And then by the time we get through the process, like me and or my client that I'm working with, trying to figure out the permissions, you know, talk about like interface issues. It's insane how like on one view of Facebook, it'll show these things. And then on another view, that thing will be missing to the point where then the month is over. International Women's Day month is done. And we haven't been able to boost anything because we've been spending the last three weeks trying to troubleshoot with Facebook and they keep scheduling to meet with us and then they bail. It's like they don't want our money. 
Facebook is like we already ranted a bit about the back end of like editing a page, but like yeah. the, honestly, the connection between like business manager and like your account and the page Holy is crap. insane. Like oh it's insane. <laughs> okay, so I was I was bringing this page on board. Yeah, I was an at like I was an admin on the page. Yeah. And I was an admin and business manager. Yeah. And it made me, it was like, great. I was like, add this page to business manager. And it was like, great. No. We've sent an email to the admin. <laughs> I was like, first of all, just do it. <laughs> I'm an admin on both of them. I have the password. Like I have all the information I need to show you that I'm an admin in both places. Right. An email never came. We can't, none of the admins on the page got an email and there's no other way to do it except this email. Oh my God. It's insanity. Oh man. It's, it's insanity. It's yeah. So like, honestly, and it's just so frustrating because they have such a monopoly on like, you know, social media ad marketing that it's, it's uh, so frustrating, but yes. So it's well, let's like, let's get deep on like, yeah, let's, let's just continue complaint pod 2021 <laughs> into kay. the next episode <laughs> and yeah, like save up your gripes. And you just tell me when you want to make another podcast and I'll write down all my gripes kay. and we'll make, yeah. Gripe cast. And then if listeners also, if you have gripes that you want us to explore, <laughs> Oh man, let's do that. Let's put out a call on social for gripes. Okay, no, I like that. Okay, so this was uh this was the episode. What number was it? I think they said 45. This was episode thank you. No, it was 44. (laughs) Thanks for listening to episode 44 of Don't Call Me a Guru. We are uh part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Maybe next episode, whilst we gripe, we can hear some news from Odin, Tyler's new cat. (laughs) Bye, buddy. Bye.